Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. A few weeks ago, I did a video called Married, but in love with someone else. It's gotten a bit of attention, including some specific questions that I need to answer, and I will do my best to answer right now. By the way, if you haven't seen that, the way you can see it is to look at the link just below, and it'll tell you how to find part one, and you may really want to listen to part one before you listen to this part two. A quick summary is, in part one, I talked about four potential paths that you'll pursue if you are married, but in love with somebody else other than the one that you're married to, and then two likely results that will come based on which of those paths that you choose. I talked about a thing called 10-10-10, which means don't just think about how much it's going to affect you in 10 days if you make a decision either to stay in your marriage or to go with your lover, but how is it going to affect you and others in 10 months? And even in 10 years. And I talked about that in terms of you. I talked about it in terms of your lover, in terms of your spouse, your kids, and many other things. So if you get a chance, go watch that video before you listen to this one. But then comes the objection. You see, in that particular video, I mentioned that I had been in a passionate, deeply, quote, madly in love, end quote, relationship with another woman when I was married. As a matter of fact, I went so far as to divorce my wife to be with the other woman. I did not come back and ask my wife to take me back until three years later, which is another story for another time, and we've been remarried now for quite a number of years. But when I mentioned the fact that the lover, my lover back in those days, had left me, then some people below the last video made comments, ah, the reason you think the way you do is because she left you. If she had stayed with you and you guys had gotten married to each other and were happy to this day, you'd have a totally different view of this. And you know what? I think it's a reasonable question, a reasonable objection to think about. Because you see, back in those days when I was, again, quote, madly in love, end quote, with the other woman, and I never say her name because I don't want to bring any pain to her life now. So I just call her Sally Sue, since I've never met a Sally Sue. If I were involved with Sally Sue and, and remembering how intense that emotion was, like nobody had ever understood me like she did. I had never had the degree of passion toward another person that I had toward her. And it was reciprocal. She felt the same way toward me. The phrase I think people use now is soulmate. <laughs> well, we could discuss what a soulmate is, but whatever that is, that's what I thought I had and what she thought she had. And people said, see, you left your wife with the person that you truly were in love with. Therefore, unless she had left you, you would still be with her to this day and be happy. And I'm assuming... And yes, I understand it. When you make an assumption, you can be very wrong. But I'm assuming that the people that were making that objection and or asking those kinds of questions are people who really are feeling that right now. In other words, I am married, but I am madly in love with another person. Or maybe even the person who is the one madly in love with the married person saying, no, 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 no. I understood what you talked about, but you got it all wrong because it didn't work out for you and it will work out for us. Well. What I didn't say in that video, because I didn't have time, and what I have to say very quickly here is this. I didn't go back to my spouse when my lover left me. 
She didn't leave immediately. It took her a while to do so. And then I was divorced for some period of time after that and eventually had a relationship with another woman. And we had a very deep emotional connection. It was actually my decision to leave that woman and then to ask my former wife if she would consider the possibility of taking me back. So it wasn't like I was rebounding. Like, wow, I don't have any other options. Therefore, I better go back to what I have because I don't have anything else. That wasn't it at all. And so you say, well, why? Why then do you think that in most cases, leaving your spouse for the person that you're madly in love with is going to work out to be a bad situation? Well, first of all, we have been working with marriages since 1994. (laughs) It's a pretty long period of time, which means that we've worked with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of marriages. And we have worked with many of those marriages where either the husband or the wife was, quote, madly in love, end quote, with someone else to the point that I don't want to be with my spouse anymore. I want to divorce him or her, and I'm going to go be with my lover, and it's going to be happy ever after. And... I can only think of one that got even close to that out of all the thousands that we dealt with. Now, I realize, even when I say that, that I can only think of one. If you're in this situation, you might be thinking, well, we'll be the next one. Therefore, everything you have said or about to say will not apply to us because we're going to be the exception to the rule. It's going to be amazing for us. And that's exactly how I felt and what I would have thought at the time. But will you listen just a minute or two while I try to answer the question about, well, if that first one had worked out, would you have ever gone back to your wife or would you be now very happily married with her? Okay. The first thing I know from my own experience, but also from the experience of thousands and thousands of people that we worked with, is that the relationship with this person that you're now madly in love with will change. No matter what you do. If you decide to go back to your spouse, it's obviously going to change, although those feelings will not immediately go away. If you decide to divorce your spouse and go be with that person, it's still going to change. And you say, why? Well, because of the fact that all relationships do. You see, there's that early stage, sometimes referred to as infatuation, where you have these intense emotions toward each other. And and you go through all kinds of things I'll describe in a couple of minutes. But with all relations that have to do with romance, about two people like a man and a woman falling in love with each other, they all go through these stages and they all at some point begin to diminish and change into a different kind of love that does not have the ecstasy. You see, here's the thing. If you're madly in love with another person, it's an amazing sensation. Like, as I've said earlier, nobody understands how I feel except that person. Nobody's even ever felt what I'm feeling except that other person. I can't even explain it to anybody else. I know, it's euphoric. But you see, that's what you feel today. Now, we could point out the research, and the research is ample, about how long this is going to last. Now, we can't tell you to the moment. We can't tell you to the, even the day, the month, or the year. But we will tell you that it definitely will change. As a matter of fact, if you look at it from an anthropological standpoint, even a biological standpoint, which I know has no interest to you at all, it has to change. Because people in that state of intense relationship with each other, that intense state of emotions, that becomes overpowering. It's affected your productivity. I'll almost guarantee you that's right, that it's affected your productivity. And you definitely do a lot of daydreaming about the other person, about what the future is going to be like. And you imagine it's going to be this and imagine it's going to be that to the point that your thinking could even be obsessive. That's not for everybody, but for many. And those daydreams, those expectations of what you think is going to be, they aren't going to happen. 
Because you see, you're working off of what you're feeling today. And if you decide to give up your marriage, give up your relationship with your children, if you have them, to end the things with your spouse because of what you feel today, think about, well, what are you going to feel tomorrow? You see, the emotions are going to subside. I'm not saying they're going to immediately and automatically go away, but they will subside. Even in the relationship you have now, if you felt this kind of ecstasy or anything even close to it when you were dating each other, and then you finally got married, you've been married for a while, and those emotions did subside. Now, to a different kind of love, maybe, but they definitely did subside. And the sexual relationships. I mean, if you're having sex with a lover, you probably are thinking, it's amazing, it's phenomenal, and it's going to be like this tomorrow, and the day after that, and the year after that, and the decade after that, it's going to be the most amazing sex for the rest of my life. And that's just not the case. We know there's a thing called sexual habituation, which means that any couple, no matter how intense their emotions are for each other, after a couple of years, the level of intensity in the sex life begins to change. Think about your own marriage. It definitely did, did it not, after a period of time? The sexual habituation, meaning you become so used to each other. What's going to happen next? Who's going to do what? Who's going to say what? All those kinds of things. And you're thinking, oh, no, 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 no. no. That might happen to other people, but it's not going to happen to us. We're different. Well, in one sense, we all are different. We all are unique. There's no doubt about that. But one thing about statistics, and I know that you're not a statistic, is that statistics give us insight into human behavior. And I'm not a gambling man, but if I were, I'd put some big money on the fact that whatever you're feeling for each other today is not how you're going to be feeling about each other in five years. As a matter of fact, based on how long you've already been together, it may not even be another year. It's going to change. So the first thing... That changed with Sally, Sue, and me. And yes, to the point where she left me, I know that. And you think, okay, it's bitter, sour grapes because of the fact that you were abandoned. But remember, I did develop a relationship with another person. Alice and I were divorced for three years and had a very intense and wonderful relationship in that sense with the other person and still made the decision to leave her, but more toward what I'm about to talk about. It's because you begin to think about how what you do affects other people. And that should matter to you, unless you think you're the only person in the world who matters, and surely that can't be you. For example, think about what you do to your spouse. If you leave him or her for another person, he or she will be hurt. Unless they've already checked out and gone off and left you, they're going to be hurt because of the fact that you rejected. They'll still love you. Now, that can come a time when that love ends. I understand that. But they'll be deeply hurt. They'll feel rejected. They'll go through their issues of self-esteem, like, how can I not compare to her? Or why is she so much better than I? Or what does he offer that I can't offer you? And they'll start questioning themselves. And their future is going to be affected by your abandoning them no matter what. You say, oh, she'll be happy. He'll be happy. They'll find somebody else. They'll get married. They'll be wonderful. Maybe. Maybe they will get married again. It's not a guarantee that they'll get married again, but there's a possibility they might be married again. But because of the fact that we deal with marriages every day, every day of all sorts, people in their first marriages, second marriages, third marriages, even today talking to somebody in a fifth marriage, understand that the hurt that you carry from whatever previous relationship definitely affects how you operate in this relationship. And so while you might think, well, it doesn't matter. My spouse can go ahead and live as he or she wants to. I don't need to stop and think about her. He's not my problem. She's not my problem. I'm assuming that at one time you cared. 
about what she felt, about what he felt. And if your intense emotional connection to this new person is so powerful that you don't care what your spouse feels now, what would that possibly say about the way you're thinking? Oh, I know, I know, you may be doing what I did. I vilified Alice. What I mean by that is I turned her into the villain, talked about how evil she was, all the terrible things she did, how she was getting what she deserved, and fully believed all of those things when I was saying them. But deep down in myself, I knew she's actually a good woman. She doesn't deserve what I'm doing to her. I didn't want to feel guilt about the pain I was causing her just like you may not want to feel guilt about the pain you're causing your spouse. But if he or she carries anything about you at all, then you do know that by leaving him or her for another person, you are hurting that person. If you're thinking, well, that's not really what matters. What matters is how I feel, not what he feels, not what she feels. Have you ever heard that old thing about what goes around, comes around? What some of the Eastern religion people will call karma? Or if if you're an American Christian, you'd read uh, in the book of Galatians about whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Don't think that anything you do in life stands in and of itself by itself, because everything we do has an effect not just on others, but it tends to come back to us. I wish it weren't always that way, but that pretty well is the way it is. And, And not just your spouse, but your kids. People often say, well, I don't, I don't owe my kids. Well, I don't know quite how you think, but I'm assuming if you have children, you have some love for those children. As a matter of fact, you may love your children deeply. All through the stuff that I did, I never quit loving my children deeply. But you know, I never stopped to think to myself, they didn't ask to be born. I was part of the process that brought them into this life, into this world, onto this planet. Therefore, they don't owe me because they didn't ask me to do it. I owe them because I brought them here. And there's certain obligations as their father that I have toward these kids. Just like if you're the mother, there's certain obligations you have toward these kids because you brought them into existence. And unless you have, uh, because you couldn't care for them or you couldn't those thing, do those things, you, uh, you gave him or her up for adoption so that other good people could take care of them. And if you did that, I actually admire people if they know they can't take care of their kids, that they do make sure that good families can get them to take care of them. So I'm not, I'm not damning people for that. But if you are the one then what responsibility do you have? Now, think about this. Even if things had worked out with Sally Sue, the person I talked about in the first video, would that then mean that I had no more obligation to my children? And if you're thinking, well, the kids are resilient. They're fine. Kids are resilient. And I'm not saying it would have destroyed their lives, but it definitely will affect them. Even though Alice and I eventually got back together and remarried, and, and my children and I have wonderful relationships to this day, I can see the effect. As a matter of fact, sometimes we talk about the effect on one daughter in particular I'm thinking about right now who still has fears and worries about abandonment from her husband, but not because of anything that he did or has done or is doing, but because of what I did all those years ago. So, yeah, they are resilient and they can go on with life and they can have good lives. But if you pretend to yourself it's not going to affect them, You know better than that. In a workshop we do for marriages in crisis, sometimes on Saturday afternoon, people will tell stories about their childhood, and inevitably, one or two of them will mention how their parents' divorce affected them to this day. And then, interestingly, just a little while later, somebody who was sitting there watching them heard that pain, heard that that agony that still bothers them to this day, will say, divorce doesn't affect kids at all. And I'm going, did you not hear 
what he just said or she just said. And then I realized, no, they didn't because they were so focused on their lover, so focused on what they were feeling at the moment that that they didn't allow themselves to hear the responsibilities that parents have to kids and how that if parents divorce, it affects kids. I know, or at least I'm assuming, if we put your lover right here and your kids right there and said, you've got to make a choice between the two of them, that some of you would say, I choose my children. But what if you were to say, well, if I had to choose between my kids and my lover, I pick my lover. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I'm not even trying to beat you up for it. I'm just saying, but what might that tell you about you and particularly about your kids, how they feel about themselves, about how lovable they are, their self-esteem, the way they're going to view future relationships and the fears they're going to carry in their lives about the people that love them, like a husband or wife that may have come along later. Yeah, you see, it wasn't just about me being happy with Sally Sue. It was about Everybody else in our world was affected, including the people I'd brought onto the planet. Well, you see, but even your lover. In the midst of passion, you're having what's called a halo effect. What that means is you don't tend to see his or her flaws. That's what happens when people feel these amazing, powerful emotions toward another. We just don't see the flaws in the other person. Or if we see the flaws, we minimize them. Yeah, I see that, but, okay, guess what's going to happen over time? When the intensity of this passion eventually begins to subside. And even though you're claiming that won't happen for you, it will. It happened for me. It happened for Sally Sue. If we were the only two, then that doesn't mean anything. And then I could understand your thing of sour grapes. (laughs) But I've worked with thousands and thousands and thousands of couples. And thousands of these people have been through this. And it happens. It does finally begin to subside. And then that halo effect goes away. And finally, you can begin to see the flaws in the other person because everybody is imperfect, including you, which means they're also going to see your flaws. You know, what I wasn't thinking about was what it was costing Sally Sue to be involved with me. What was she losing? How did it affect her other relationships, her reputation, her own self-concept, so many other things I wasn't thinking about anything but one thing, and that's the two of us being together for the rest of our lives and how happy we were going to be. And finally, when those emotions began to subside, she began to see everything she'd given up to be with me. And she became very upset. It didn't happen like that. It wasn't overnight. It gradually occurred. But when it did, who do you think she was angry with? It wasn't anger at herself because of the decisions that she had made. It was anger with me. Now, that's not an anomaly. That's not unusual. We see that again and again and again, that when that intense emotion begins to fade, if the other person had to give up something for you, reputation, relationships, religion, occupation, family, whatever it might be, when the emotions begin to fade, they get really upset with you. And and if you're being honest with yourself, Was it really fair to ask him or her to give up everything for you? And even yourself. Even if you wind up together, you understand it's not going to be like it is now. And the odds of you winding up together are actually extremely slim. Most people who leave their spouse for another person never marry that person. Those emotions fade before it ever gets that far. And so they don't wind up being married to each other. And the ones that do marry each other, they have an exceptionally high divorce rate. And you say, wait a minute, but some of them do make it? Yeah, some of them do. The ones I know, 
that have made it still have regrets about what they did. And they have regrets about the pain they caused other people and the pain they caused themselves. You see, your actions determine your future. So I guess what you need to be asking yourself is, what's the most important thing for you? Well, have I strayed in trying to answer the question? Would I be all for these things if I had wound up marrying Sally Sue and we lived, quote, happily ever after, end quote? I know enough about my heart now that because I was so focused on her at that point, I want to be with her. Life will not be worth living if I'm not with her. She's the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. And she was feeling the same kind of things about me. That that's all I was focused on at the time. But with time, those focuses begin to change. Those emotions begin to modify. And would there have come a time when I would have looked at the pain my children were going through and asked myself, did I do that because of my own selfish desires? Would there be times I would look at Alice and whatever happened to her in her future and felt some twinge of, you know, a lot of it has to do with what I did to her when I left her? Yeah. And would it also be about me? You see, the reason I finally left the second one and went back and asked Alice if she would consider taking me back was because I realized by following these actions, I became a different person. My my own values had changed. My, my beliefs had changed, which meant that I had changed. And I one day realized, I want to be me again. I want to be that guy again, only better than he was before. Look, I'm not the only person that's felt this. I'm not the only person that's been through this. Again, we've dealt with thousands. But let me refer to a song, and I'll wrap this up. It's by Bob Seger. The song's called Against the Wind. Now, you understand, for copyright reasons, I can't put all the lyrics up here, but I'm sure you can find many web pages that do. But remember when he sang about it, and Seeger obviously understood this. He talked about this woman named Janie, who was the queen of his night, he said. And he talked about how they shared their secrets with each other and that their love was like a wildfire that was out of control. Remember that song? And he talked about that she held him oh so tight when she promised that it never would end. Remember that other line? I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. What's that, Bob? It ends. And what does that do to you? You begin to have regrets. You begin to be adrift. As a matter of fact, he phrased it like that from that point on in the song. He phrased it that he sought shelter again and again. You see, in the psychology world, it's called a focusing illusion. It means you think, when I have this one thing, I'm going to be happy. A focusing illusion be like, if I win the lottery, I'll be happy. But when you're madly in love with another person, thinking I'm going to give up my spouse, if I have children, give them up as well. I'll see them every other weekend or whatever it might be. I can be a good parent and, and end that marriage and all those kinds of things that a person thinks and that a person does. If, if you make those decisions based on what you feel now, it doesn't really reflect what you're going to feel in the future. Maybe a year from now, maybe two, maybe three. And then maybe you'll be singing. I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. And that's the consequences is how these things wind up. Because, you see, ultimately every decision we make has a consequence. So would I, if I had been with Sally Sue, be happy now and encouraging other people? Leave your spouse. Go marry whoever you want to. You'll have a great life with that person. Don't worry about the consequences. No, I wouldn't be saying that. Even if I'd wound up with her, I'd be talking about these decisions I made have consequences not just to me, 
but the people around me. Even if you end up with Sally Sue, I would still be seeing that now. But I wouldn't have seen it then because all I could think about was how I felt. Is it really all about me? Is it really all about you? I want you to be happy. I really do. But not based on something that you think is going to last forever. That definitely has a shelf life. An end date. If you're going to make your decisions, make your decisions thinking, what's the long term? What's the right thing to do? It's always your choice. And if you want to talk to us about, hey, how can I end this? Or how could I possibly put my marriage back together? How could I ever be in love with my spouse again after feeling what I felt for this man or this woman? If you want to look into that, we'll be glad to talk to you. We'll help anyone we can. Hey, I'm all for love. Love that lasts. What about you?